As we sit at this pivot point in the service, we move from loud hosannas into the story of the Passion. It seems worth lifting up something that, that was new to me this week, I think, uh, which was a reminder of the meaning of Hosanna. And its translation means, help us, save us. From Hebrew, actually, the combination of two words meaning, please help us. As we were singing all glory, laud, and honor this morning and thinking about from whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring, I couldn't help but think what a week, what a week to hold. Please help us from the mouths of children. What a week. Please, help us, save us, please. Amen. Our reading comes from Book of Rook, chapter 22, verse 7 to on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us, that we may eat it. They asked him, Where do you want us to make preparation for it? Reason, he said to them, When you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks you, where is the guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a larger room upstairs, already furnished. Make preparations for us there. So they went and found everything as he has told them. And they prepared the Passover meal. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, he took and said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Friends, as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim the saving, helping life of Jesus Christ. That presence within and among us still. Friends, this is the table of God for us 
the people of God. Come and share what the Spirit has for us in this meal. Come join us at this table. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, you are the author, the creator, the giver of all good things. We pray that this meal may nourish us. We pray that we may know all of the ways that this meal nourishes us. Remind us of your living presence within and among all things, especially through us. Hosanna. Amen. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I'm among you as the one who serves. You are those who have stayed with me in my trials, and I assign to you, as my father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus continued, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers, Peter said to him. Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death, Jesus said. I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. And he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. He said to them, But now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, Look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became more like the great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise up and pray that you may not go into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, 
Would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, None of this. And he touched the ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief of priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with a sword and clubs? When I was with you the day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with them. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When the day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony, testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. Then Pilate said to the chief priest in the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him over to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see him, because he had heard about him, and he was hoping to see some sign done by him. 
So he questioned him at some length, but he made no answer. The chief priest and the scribe stood by, vehemently accusing him. And Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then, arraying him in splendid clothing, they sent him back to Pilate. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day. For before this, they had been at enmity with each other. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look. Nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas. A man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, deciding to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify, crucify him. At that time, he said to them, Why, what evil has he done? I found in him no guilt, deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with the loud cries that he should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked, but he delivered Jesus over to their will. And as they lay, led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and led, laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others were criminals who were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots and divided his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saves others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also marked him, coming up and Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. 
one of the criminals who were hanged at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he he breathed his last breath. Now, when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breast. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from a Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandments. Let us pray. Holy God, we read in Jesus' words his question for if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Oh God, the wood is very dry. We feel the splinters in our very spirit, the kindling. Oh God, we pray that we may know that you are with us. We pray that this fire within us we may see is a holy fire that we may recognize and understand your holiness, your goodness burning within us. God, we pray that we may not, like the crowds, stand by idly and watch, but that we may claim that holy fire within us, that we may let go of trying to fix that we may know that it is only you who can heal. 
that it is only you who can save. So God, we pray that we may trust and know that you are in everything, that you are in us. We may know and pray that we may see how much we shine when we allow ourselves to shine with your light within us. We may pray, we pray that we may know that we are forgiven and that we may live as people who know they are forgiven. And we offer to you also the acknowledgement that in order to be forgiven, we must first engage the difficult work of acknowledging the ways in which we have separated ourselves from you and one another. We pray that you may remind us of the simplicity of what it is to engage with you and to Jesus, which is to meet one another in our humanity, in our presence, and that we may know there that it is truly your divinity moving through us all. Give us grace. Forgive me, God. Remind us of your grace, which is always here. Remind us of your grace, which is always here. Remind us that the only way that we may move through this is to be with it. And that we may trust your grace pulling us forward, guiding us, leading us as the steady light of your presence which cannot be extinguished. We thank you for the life of Jesus the Christ. We thank you for that life which refused to even be pulled or fooled by the death of this world. And yet we also thank you for your presence with us, even in the depths of our despair. In those moments when we feel abandoned and lost and hopeless, Remind us that you are there, and may they, that reminder be the resurrecting power that we know you are. Hold us, God. Help us. Please. Save us.